Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have Abbas Gudrati from Microsoft who's going to join us. And what I think is going to be a fascinating uh, discussion of a wide variety of topics around InfoSec. So Abbas, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Could you give our listeners uh, your professional background? Sure, Tom. So being in uh, information security or a cyber security, or you can call it all the way going back to the information technology for the last 20 years, started my career as a system administrator and then moved up as an IT auditor and become a penetration tester. And from there, I moved into management role, chief information security officer. And after being a CISO for a number of years, I have joined Microsoft as a chief security advisor, advising to the CISO community. And what's your current role at Microsoft? So at Microsoft, my title is chief cybersecurity advisor within cybersecurity solution group, which used to also called as a cybersecurity or enterprise cybersecurity solution group. So as a part of my role, it's a time zone role or a regional role, as you can call it, because we are a bunch of people uh, scattered all around the world. We manage multiple countries uh, specific to our so-called strategic 500 customers. And my target audience mostly is a CISO community where I I work with them directly in providing the thought leadership and uh, also helping them with the strategic direction on how they can implement and get the best value of Microsoft security and uh, technology within their organizations. I have not talked to too many people in the information security area with as much experience as you. And I was wondering if you could give us a sense of how your profession or your discipline has evolved during the time you've been in it. Some good old memories starting uh, with uh, Microsoft technology itself using uh, MS-DOS in our school days. So really the world has changed from what you used to call as uh, IT or information technology. Later on, we, we used to call it when, when the security was introduced, we started calling it as IT security, which was purely focused on the networking side. Having a firewall, that means you are secure, everything behind the firewall. Slowly, the world moved into something called information security, where we expanded our network perimeter and started talking about security from various different domains. Could be data, could be human resource, could be operation, could be communication. But today, what we see is called cyber security. Now, you may say, what is the difference between IT security, information security, and cyber security? Aren't they all the same? <laughs> but technically, yeah, they are, they are interconnected. But the definition which I give when somebody asks me what is cybersecurity is stay protected while connected. Because now we are talking about everything with the connected world. You know, that's how the world has moved from firewall perimeter to all the way to the cloud where we, where we are today, as we call it cybersecurity. One of the reasons I ask you to talk about your professional background is you've worked in a wide variety of, of different types of companies. You work for uh, sovereign governmental entities. You work for local governmental entities. You've worked at financial institutions. You obviously work at Microsoft. So you've worked at what we would call in the U.S. a publicly listed company. (laughs) And I was wondering, is information security, are the challenges different in each of those organizations or are they consistent across the board? No, absolutely. It all depends upon uh, the individual company's risk appetite and kind of business they are operating it. Either they are working locally or internationally. 
So in my role, I have worked with a company which is only focused on a, a local state. And they are not bothered about everything within the country or any other multinational country as such. So the focus of security was only within the within the organization. But if your organization is scattered in multiple countries and you said like a listed company where you are reliable, where you are answerable to your board members, so your audience is is much larger. You are not only focusing on CEO and a CFO asking you a question, but you are now answerable to your 50, 100, or I don't know how many shareholders you have today. So that's where the focus of security has changed. The security used to be with one person. Now it is now it is kind of a board agenda. So the focus is changed from local compliance, which we can talk about later, into a multinational compliance or talking about only focusing on policy dictated by one company rather than, uh, than multiple organizations or uh, different regulatory bodies, including national and international bodies as well. The focus changes. What is end-to-end information security? <laughs> Great question. So the short answer is, we can say, PPT, People Process Technology. That's where the security focus on. But if you want an extended answer where the end-to-end security should focus on, well, end-to-end security includes, if I give you a definition from ISO 27001, which is uh, one of the famous or mother of all information security standards, which all we, we talk about many other standards, but that's how the world started BS 7799 to IS 27001. So according to them, if you are focusing on end-to-end security, then you have to focus on 14 different domains, which all the way starting from information security policy. Do you have a documented policy and a charter? Organization policy, do you have the right people in your team? Human resource security, hiring people, firing people, and managing the people, security about that. Asset could be anything, tangible, intangible, including data. Access control, your identities cryptographic, your physical security, environmental security, the operational security, how you manage the business, communication security, how you send the communication, email or any other methods, your software development or acquisition when you acquire a product, security around that. Most important next part, supply chain or supply relationship security. Going further, incident management. Further, resilience, business continuity, disaster recovery security. And the last and not the least, compliance security. So I call those end-to-end security. If you if you want to really go detail, then all these 14 domains are covered as a part of your end-to-end security, Tom. So if I could turn to your role at Microsoft as Chief Cybersecurity Advisor for Microsoft's Asia-Pacific, or Asia, I should say, Enterprise Cybersecurity Group, what does your role consist of? So this is an interesting role, Tom. Having been a CISO for a number of years, and if you look at the my peers who are who are in the similar role across the world, we all are ex-CISOs, means or ex-practitioner, CIOs, CTOs, and CISO. And this team is basically was created so that we can bridge that gap which we have today in a market where we are not able to communicate one-on-one with our security folks. For example, in my role, what I spend time today is talking to the CISO and understand their pain area because I come from a similar background we understand each other that where are the gaps today or what are the challenges he's facing today in his role and how he can get the best value of the investment he's making with our technology partner, which is Microsoft. And how, as a part of my role, I can help that company or the role, or which is a CISO in the other company, in implementing the strategy which he has it defined today and bridge that gap of uh, technical knowledge by being an evangelist for them, being a strategist for them, helping them in implementing the strategy 
and keeping up to date with various threats going around in the world and making sure that they receive the first-hand information from me as and when they need it. Would part of your role also be, you mentioned being an evangelist, could it be an advocate for a CISO in helping to educate their, either their senior management or their board to not only the risks, but the risk management strategies that you and Microsoft can bring to bear? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have something called Executive Briefing Center, and people like me are part of that speaker uh, bureau. And we constantly, when we invite executives, including uh, higher management, CEOs, CFOs, CTOs, and all, we are invited as a speaker. So we don't talk about technical level. We speak at, at a strategic level and a risk management level and the language which they can understand. So that's something which is a part of our role. And we do spend a lot of time in uh, advocating them on risk management principle, what are the various threats in the world, in a specific country, in a specific geography, specific industry as well. We go to that level as well. You've used some terms that are very familiar to a wide variety of compliance professionals. You've talked about risk. You've talked about risk appetite. You've talked about risk and resilience. And you've talked about managing your risk. Would it be fair to say that it starts with a risk assessment and it really all flows from there, but overlaid, of course, with the risk appetite of each company? Absolutely, Tom. And I always a uh, heavy advocate of risk and coming from a auditing and a risk background, I always consider security is a part of the risk. You cannot implement security without having conducting a, a detailed risk assessment, understanding what is your current risk appetite. And going back a couple of steps back, before even you start a risk management process, I always evangelize saying that have a threat modeling. You know, look at what are the various threats to your company today based on what data or crown jewels you have. Start from threat metrics, implement or define what is what are the various threats, and then embed those threats into your risk management. That's where you will get a good metrics in terms of where you want to spend your bucks, where you want to spend your energy, you know, and what you want to do further. The conversation around the term risk and risk management, at least in the United States, is finally getting whole, garnering a wider audience for various types of compliance professionals. So anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, trade sanction, export control, you name, healthcare, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And they're finally beginning to understand that it's just all risk. Are you having similar conversations with CISOs, helping them to understand this is just risk and that if you accept it as risk, then you can manage it as you would other risks? Yep. So when we talk about risk, we always start with enterprise risk which is the same thing which you just mentioned about all the various companies, right? So there is a, somebody in, in a company called a CRO, Chief Risk Officer, whose or his or her responsibility is manage the risk enterprise level. Then going one level down, the technology risk and the security risks comes into play. So if you're, according to your ERM metrics or enterprise risk management metrics, if you have the appetite of accepting certain risk based on a business decision, then yes, it can be managed, but it's always bit of an argument between the CRO and a CISO that where do you will draw the line? Are we ready to accept the risk? Because by accepting the risk, we may face further challenge. It could be that we are not able to meet the regulatory requirement or a privacy requirement in case if there is a data breach in the company. You know, So the language really changes. The, the CISO has to really communicate to the CRO in terms of all the aspect. Are we accepting the risk based on what principles? What are we going to lose? Or what could go wrong in that space if we are accepting the risk? So it's a kind of a two-way discussion between the CRO and the CISO. You've got a book coming out in July entitled Threat Hunting in the Cloud. Could you tell us, and you're a co-author, or you have two other co-authors, I should say, yeah. 
Could you tell us uh, a little bit about the book? What led you all to write it? That's a good U.S. Southern term, you all. And who's the target audience? So a little bit background on the book. The Traditionally, we used to manage security on premises. And threat hunting was not that much focus on that. Why talk about threat hunting is we have to go really proactive. We cannot now sit back and wait until somebody attacks you and you then you start looking around. But now the world has changed. Instead of on-premises, now you have moved to the cloud. And if you are a multinational company and you have a requirement of a multi-cloud, that further increases your challenge. How are you going to do the threat hunting in a fusion environment where you have more than one cloud? So this book kind of bridges the gap. Starting our initial first three chapters are at a non-technical level. We're talking to the board level, CTU and a CIO level to make them understand what is threat hunting and why it is relevant in their organizations to focus on that. And our further chapters are a little bit on more technical in terms of how and what you can do in terms of threat hunting within the Microsoft environment, AWS environment, Google environment, and many other cloud provider. So bridging the gap between the board and the security, both of them. Well, so if I could now turn to that veiled land of the future and ask you, number one, what do companies need to be thinking about, not today, but maybe five years or even further down the road regarding InfoSec? Oh, yeah, futuristic. I would say the world is really changing. And the way I talk about world is changing is the penetration of internet is increasing now. I work in Asian countries, many I travel a lot in the Asia country, and I, I see that South Asian countries and countries who are emerging, we are going to see that almost 69% of the people from this emerging economy are going to start using internet more and more in the next few years. There will be a huge influx or demand of uh, cybersecurity professionals and it's going to continue to rise on it. We will not be able to meet the demand, and that's where we will be more focusing on using more of an automation, using more of a machine learning into, into that space. We're also going to see a lot of adversaries are now focusing more on data side, and individuals are being targeted. Rather than focusing on attacking the a company, we, we, are, we are going to see that identity of individuals are being targeted going further. We saw last year itself almost 200% increase on uh, phishing as well as a password spray, which is targeting an individual and not a company. So data-centric security is going to be a huge requirement. And at the same time, Tom, you being from a compliance part, the compliance grip is going to be for much more further in the future. That's what I can envision because we are now focusing on privacy. You want to focus on data. So those compliance will increase absolutely in the next few years. What's next for the cybersecurity solutions group that you're a part of? So we are, we are continuously improving our product to be more inclusive using, uh, I would say, security by design rather than an aftermath, uh, which is used to be traditional. Traditionally, what we used to do is bolt in the security after the product has been bought. But that mindset has now completely changed. Microsoft wants to create and continues to create the product which are more inclusive. For uh, what I mean by inclusive, it's, it, could, it caters all kinds of people could be disabled or healthy or covering all, all aspects of uh, human. Second part is security by design and a privacy by design. We don't want to, any product which we are giving it to our customer, we want to make sure that they don't have to think about security and a privacy on, on, as an aftermath. We want to cater that requirement, the way we manage security and where, the way we use our product with built-in all those integrations, built-in intelligence, in that built-in machine learning and built-in AI within the product and technology. That's what something we will continue to work towards that and making sure that products are much more easily usable for our customers. 
Abbas, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on the Cybersecurity Solutions Group or really any of the topics you've touched upon in this podcast, how could they do so? Yeah, multiple ways. They can always, a simple website is microsoft.com slash security. That's uh, our landing page, everything about Microsoft security. Everything about me, they can reach out to LinkedIn. I'm very active on social media in terms of posting all the emerging threads, what's going around in the industry, what's new in Microsoft technology. I'm very, I'm very, uh, very much active in that social media space. So they can follow me and, and get more information on that space as well. Abbas, this has been a fascinating discussion, and uh, I would ask that maybe 6, 12, 18 months down the road, I might be able to call upon you for an update on the, the world of Cybersecurity Solutions Group and InfoSec. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure, and hopefully I should have my second book by then. We can talk about that as well. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.